We are dedicated to spreading the good news of Jesus Christ through all available means with a sole focus of teaching the word, making it plain, sharing it with love. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we invite you into our situation, God. The song says we're not asking that you do and we're not asking that you don't. We just want you here. We want you here with us in our situations, Father. And so, Father, we invite you into this place. We invite you into our individual temples. We invite you into this collective hour, God, so that we can know more about you and we can understand you better. And so, Father, I ask that you give me the wisdom that's locked away in your word and give me the words to share what you have for your people on today. And, Father, when we leave here, I ask that you give us the courage to live out what you teach us, God, in the name of Jesus. Father, so that we won't just remember where to find the scripture or even memorize it, God, but we will live it out for your glory. Father, I ask you to empower these, your people, to live according to your glory. Father, I ask that you empower me to live for your glory. In the name of Jesus, make my desire for you and you alone and the things that you have for me. And so on this day, Father, I ask that you open up your word to us and that you give us a mind to understand, ears to hear, heart to receive, God, and the courage to walk it out. And it is in your precious son, Jesus' name we pray and we thank you. Amen and amen and amen. So today we're going to talk about your DNA is not your destiny. Sometimes, and I don't know, uh, I don't know if you, how much you all know about DNA, but I'm pretty sure everybody in here has heard about DNA, right? And sometimes we think that where the family we come from and, and, and the DNA, we're hard-coded for some things, right? We think just like our eyes are hard-coded to be brown or green or blue or whatever color they are, and we think the rest of us is the same way. Amen? How many of y'all believe before today? Believe right now that your DNA determines who you are, where you end up, and all those kinds of things. Well, we know that genetics, y'all know I'm a scientist, so I'm going to take it there for a brief moment, but I'm not going to go there for forever. But we know that genetics, there's something true to the DNA, right? We know that there are hard codes in our DNA that dictate some things about us. But there's a newer or a smaller, it's not the newest area, but there's another area of science called epigenetics, right? And epigenetics pretty much says you have the genes for certain things, but you have to make certain choices and immerse yourself in certain atmospheres in order for those genes to activate. Right? I will give you a simple example that I heard a physician, I don't remember his name, say. But he said, we are all, we all have lungs. We all have lungs, which means we are predestined to drown. Y'all agree with that? You will only drown, though, if you immerse yourself in the atmosphere for the water to fill up in your lungs and drown. If you have not drowned, it means you have not put yourself in the situation to drown. But if you put yourself in the situation to drown, you will drown. 
And so then I want you to take that and expand that to other areas of your life because sometimes we believe things are happening to us or we are a certain way because of our genes instead of our choices. Yeah, you have, I'm talking to Vicky now, yeah, you have the predisposition for diabetes. But if you don't do the things that it takes for you to get diabetes, guess what? You won't get diabetes. Yes, Vicky, Vicky, I'm talking about Vicky. You have the genes that put you at a predisposition for abuse. I'm talking about drug abuse and alcohol abuse. I have those genes. But if I never take drugs and I never drink alcohol, guess what? I won't be an addict or an alcoholic. So your DNA is not your destiny. We're going to take some scripture and we're going to walk through two verses. We're going to walk through two verses because my hope today is to, and I think I was thinking about this this week, I think I have a passion for people to be free. Free from the mindsets that our messed up parents gave us. And I'm going to say all of us were born to some messed up people. Because most of us were born to people in their teens and 20s trying to figure out life. And they start having children along the way. Now I want you to think about your own self in your teens and your 20s. You know you was messed up. You were in your 50s and 60s and 70s and maybe 80s, not in here, maybe. I, I don't think anybody in here in the 80s. But you in your 50s and 60s and 70s uh, now, and you have a little more wisdom, and some people won't even go back and own the stuff that they did to mess up their children. And so I'm talking to you about what I know. I was talking to my mama yesterday. I said, do you remember when you told me, me and her had gotten into it about something? Because, you know, I'm the outspoken one. And guess where I got it from? The outspoken one. <laughs> so me and her don't always see eye to eye. And neither one of us know, know necessarily how to be quiet. So me and her was talking about something, and I said something, complained about something that she had done. And she said, you've been grown longer than you were under my watch. So why are you still talking about that? Now, now I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't appreciate the delivery. And I'm sure, I'm sure, because I know me that the conversation didn't end there. I'm sure. I'm sure. But what do you do when the truth gets thrown in your face like that and no apology is coming? You know no apology is coming. Either you stay there and keep having that same argument, or you say, you know what, she right. And you go on and determine your life. I determined my life. And me and her still going after it. Sometimes. Not as much as we used to. But sometimes me and her still have to get an understanding. And I hope, I think because of my own experiences, that I have a passion for people to be free. And in order to be free, you have to tell the truth about something. 
it's okay to say that your parents were messed up and they didn't always give me what I needed to have. And your parents can say, but I loved you how I knew how to love you. And both things can be true at the same time. Right? You can't go back like me. I, I refuse to go back and criticize 20-year-old Vicky because here is what I know about Vicky. Even at 20, she was doing everything she knew how to do. Now, at 50, it may look foolish what I was doing, but it didn't look foolish to 20-year-old Vicky. Vicky was doing the best that she knew how to do. And so then, I don't criticize myself, and I'm not going to let you do it either. Because even right now, for somebody that's 70 and 80, I might look foolish even right now. But I'm doing the best that I know how to do. Amen. I'm doing the best with what I got. That's what I know about me. Now, I don't know if you can say that you're doing the best with what you got. And if you're not, that's a question for you. If you didn't, when you was 20, you can't change it. But you can look back and tell the truth to yourself. And you can determine from this day forward to do better to do the best that you could do, because it's a choice. So we're going to look in the scripture today about a young man that ain't even mentioned. I ain't even seen the name but twice. And both times the, the name is in First Chronicles. Once in the second chapter and another time in the fourth chapter. We're going to look at First Chronicles 4. But before I do that, I want to set the context for you because if you were to go and read 1 Chronicles 4, you would find in chapter 1 the, the, the genealogy from Adam to Abraham. You don't find nothing but names. This one begat that one. That one begat the other one, and so on and so forth. If you all the first... Chronicles 1, from Adam to Abraham. You move into 1 Chronicles 2, and you find the genealogy continuing, and it's talking about the descendants from Abraham to Judah. And then you roll into chapter 3, and it's still name after name after name, talking about the genealogy and the royal line of David and the house of Jesse. And then chapters 4 through 8 are the rest of the genealogy about the children of Israel, their tribes, and their descendants. And you see name after name after name. That's what you're going to see. And some of y'all are going to skip over those names just like I did but for the children of Israel, it was important. It's important. I think one of the reasons we stayed down is because we can't trace our genealogy back far enough. And we don't understand sometimes how great we are because the story of slavery has been told to us over and over and over again as if that's where our history starts. But I want to say to you that if you are here and your family came from Africa, and it is not a given that all of our families go back to Africa, I'm going to say that to you too. 
But if you are here and your family goes back to West Africa or somewhere in Africa, I want to say to you that your history started on the other side of the Atlantic. And because you are here, you may not can trace it back to a family like you have in Chronicles, but because you are here, that means that your ancestors were tough because they lived in horrible conditions and refused to die. I don't want you to take that lightly because everybody who left Africa did not make it to the shores of America. So if your family made it to the shores of America, it's because they refused to die. They refuse to quit in the middle of turmoil. I don't know what it's like to be underboard. Y'all ever been on a cruise? I kind of do know what it's like. But at least on a cruise, you do have beds. When you're in those rooms with no windows, your ancestors were in those rooms with no beds, no windows, no, no walls in between the rooms, chained to somebody else, defecating and urinating on each other, and they refused under those conditions to give up. And that's the only reason you're here today. So you might not know their name, but they're not at the bottom of the Atlantic. See, some people's family jumped over the side of that boat because the conditions were too bad. But your people refused to give up in the midst of diversity. And so you might not know their name. But I'm telling you where you come from this morning. And it's important for you to know where do you come from, even if you can't call their name. Because some of y'all over here giving up in the middle of little bitty itty stuff. After your ancestors lived through that so you could live here and you giving up in the middle of itty bitty stuff because somebody keep telling you you came from slavery and you believe it and now you handicapped. And you have people still coming to these shores every day with nothing in their pockets and they ending up better than you because they understand who they are. You don't understand who you are. And you listen to people over and over and over again tell you what you can't be. But I come to tell you today, if you ask God to step into your situation and you believe that he will, some of y'all don't believe what you say. You say you are the sons and the daughters of the Most High King. But you can't get over what your situation. You can't get over your messed up parents. I'm going to tell you today, your parents was messed up. Mine was messed up. I was messed up when I was raising mine. So we need to stop telling that lie because once we say that, we can also say, but that DNA, not my destiny. That doesn't determine who I am what I can be, what is available to me. That, that, that is a, a, but a book, a chapter in my book. Maybe it's a couple chapters in my book. 
And then when you start taking responsibility for your own life, you can two things can be true. You can say my parents was jacked up and I love them with everything on the inside of me. I forgive them from the depths of my soul. But until you first own that they were jacked up, you won't even have a know that you need to forgive them. And some of y'all, I'm going to tell you the truth. Some of y'all keep wandering around in cycles and circles because you won't tell yourself the truth. Your parents messed you up and you took that stuff right on to your kids. And if you don't teach them no different, they're going to do the same thing to theirs. And so I have a passion to break that cycle. I have a passion to tell people you don't have to be what somebody else was in every area of your life. So if I, and I'm, I'm proud of myself, I'm going to tell you this right now, on uh, May 13th, when I finish exercising on May 13th, I will have exercise every day for the last two years. Why? Why? Because I know I have a predisposition for some things. I have a predisposition for diabetes. I look over my family history, my daddy, my sister, my mama, and my brother all got kidney disease. You're gonna tell me I don't have a predisposition for kidney disease? I got a predisposition for kidney disease. I remember my grandmother with a big brown paper sack full of medicine and I remember looking at it and saying Lord I don't want to do that I don't want to do that but if I don't walk every day if I don't choose to eat differently sometimes I got a predisposition I can look at my ancestors and tell what's going to happen if I don't make a different decision that's all I'm saying to you today. So I look over my family history and I know I can't have fried chicken every day. I look over my family history and I know I can't have cake every day. I know I got to eat an apple when I prefer a cupcake. I know I got to go without meat when I want a steak. I know all of these things because if I don't, I know my predisposition. And so when you look in Chronicles, you will see name after name after name, people's history rolling out, their family name rolling out, but for some reason, in the midst of chapter 4, in the midst of just talking about the people who were available, the scripture breaks, and it talks about a man named Jabez. And what it says in 1 Chronicles Four and nine is Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. So I, I, I'm teaching you right now. If you want to write it down, write it down. When you invite God into your situation, if he can do something to change the path that you are on, you got to be an honorable person. Because you won't call on God as long as you can Work it out yourself. And sometimes the way we work stuff out, not only is it not moral, not only is it not honorable, sometimes it ain't even legal. And then you want God to come into your situation and save you from the mess that you created. 
Sometimes, I think I was telling Sherry this this week, because in the word for you today, we talked about when you are under attack all week long. And I said to Cheryl, sometimes the stuff that we call attack is mess. We created our own selves. Most of the time, we don't even know what it is like to be under attack because we can't stop choosing wrongly. So we choose wrong, and then we like, oh, I'm under attack. No, you're not. The seeds of your choices are just growing up. That's all. That's all. They, the devil ain't even got to worry about attacking you because you're attacking your own self. He just walk on by. She's still caught up in that mess. Okay. I ain't got, she preoccupied with her own stuff. He preoccupied with all them bad decisions he keep doing. He, he ain't got to worry about you. So most of the time, we're not even under attack. It's just that we are not honorable. But in the middle of listing all of these people, Chronicles breaks and says Jabez was more honorable than all of his brethren. And sometimes, because of the way that we think about brothers, we might think he had an older brother, a younger brother, a middle brother, something like that. But I'm looking at all of this, and he, they done listed all these brethren, chapter 1 through chapter 4 and 8, and I'm thinking he was more honorable than everybody listed in all those chapters, than his ancestors. And he had some powerful ancestors, because David and Abraham were his ancestors. But for some reason, the genealogy breaks to let us know that Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. So whether it's talking about his immediate family or it's talking about his lineage, he was an honorable man. And so my first thing to you is make sure you are an honorable person. The Bible has told us that God cannot dwell in an unclean temple. And you mad because you won't clean up your temple and you either mad or jealous because somebody else did and God doing incredible things in their lives. All you got to do is make the same choice to be an honorable person in every decision I make, everything that I say. And only you know. Only you know because some people do crazy stuff and then try to hide their hand. I have a spirit of discernment, so whether you ever own it to me or not, I know you crazy acting behind that, and I know you trying to hide it. God know you trying to hide it too. Be honorable, even down to your thoughts. Be honorable. Your motive, be honorable. Your intent, be honorable. Right? And then the Bible goes on to say that his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bear him with sorrow. Now, Jabez's mother wasn't the first mother and wasn't the last who regretted having a kid and didn't like him. I, I, I'm just telling the truth. <laughs> I'm just telling the truth. She may have loved him, but when she looked at him, she named him pain. That's what Jabez means, pain. I'm sorry, pain. And so some of y'all might know better than me how you felt when you interacted with your mother. Your mother 
may have thought about nothing but pain. She may not have had the capacity to raise that which she birthed. And so instead of accepting her responsibility, she got mad at you. The Bible says she named him pain. And how many of y'all know if somebody calls you pain day after day, after day after day, after day after day, you're going to start to believe that. And you're not going to feel too good about yourself. But I come today to tell you, it doesn't matter. God is not afraid of your name. He's not afraid of your upbringing. He's not afraid, Flo, of how you were born and how you came here. I remember how you came here. That don't have nothing to do with him. He, he like, okay, but I bought you here. I got you here. I got you in this realm for a reason. And so instead of worrying about my mama calling me pain, I want you to focus on the reason I brought you into this atmosphere anyway. The Bible says we are wonderfully and fearfully made by God's own design, his own hand. And so if you are here, no matter how you got here, no matter what your name means, God intended for you to be here. And we don't understand everything. That's why we have to have the Holy Spirit so we can understand his mind and his ways and an intent. Otherwise, the Bible says his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. But the Holy Spirit is the great equalizer. He can make some things clear to you. But we still persist in trying to live our lives without the Holy Spirit. If you do that, you will find that your DNA and that family that you came from will indeed determine your destiny. If you keep running from the creator of the universe and not submitting to the Holy Spirit in your heart, you will find that that family into which you were born will choose your destiny. But the Holy Spirit is the great equalizer. If you want to do something different, he will help you do it differently. But you got to want to. And you got to do it his way for so long. I have been praying to God for so long. Lord, do this, do that, and the other. Didn't realize until 2018 I was asking him to bow to what I thought. My whole life changed when he said, hey, can you stop asking me to bow? To what you want to just do what I got you got you and I have tried since 2018 to say Lord not my will but yours be done if sickness come if trouble come help me that when I say when I say pray for me I want y'all to say give her the wisdom and the courage and the strength to go through whatever she going through I don't necessarily ask you to pray that he relieve me I'm past that because if he allowed it to get to me, he's trying to do something in, through, and for me. And y'all praying me up out the fire, and he said I needed to be there a little while longer. Pray for my strength and my courage and the wisdom and my patience and my understanding and that my faith don't grow small. Pray for those things. Because he done brought me out too much for me to ever think I'm going to be burned up again. I might get a little scorched. 
but I'm, I'm believing I'm going to come out like Daniel. Better than you ain't going to smell the smoke on me. In fact, I think that always happens to me because people are always telling me they don't think I go through nothing. So I'm like Daniel, going through the fire, coming out, y'all ain't smelling no smoke. Praise the Lord God. Because y'all know, y'all know up here in your mind, I'm not getting through this life without going through nothing. You know that. Nobody gets through this life without going through anything. Amen. So in verse 10, it says, Jabez. And you can insert your own name if you want to. Jabez, understanding to whom he was born and what his very name meant, the Bible said he called on the God of Israel. That's your third point right there. Don't call me. Call God. Call God and say, I'm upset about this thing, whatever it is. You see my situation. You know how I got here. You know, rehearse it to him. Whatever you want to say to him, the Bible says Jabez called up on God. Y'all need to learn how to call on somebody who could do something about what you need them to do something about. Because all I could do is give you a band-aid. That's all I can do. But God can go to the root. God can heal the root. And you calling me for a sandwich. <laughs> and God can give you all the food you need and teach you how to cook. He can teach you how to fish. He can do all that. I can give you a sandwich. But tomorrow you're going to need something else. <laughs> me too, Nita. <laughs> all right. And what did he say when he called on God? He said, oh, that thou would bless me indeed. It's the difference between bless me and bless me indeed. Bless me indeed is bless my whole life. But sometimes in these United States of America, we see blessing as only money. But guess what? If you don't know what to do with money, you don't really need money. You need the wisdom and the understanding of what to do with money. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and they told me, oh, you only able to... Uh, Save money for the next generation because of your income. I say negative. <laughs> I started saving money when I couldn't save nothing but a quarter. And when it moved up to a dollar, I saved that too. But you don't want to do that. If it ain't $300 that you could dump in a savings account, you ain't saving nothing. So, yeah, I'm not broke. I ain't broke. But it ain't because I make all the money in the world. I know y'all know broke billionaires and millionaires, right? So it ain't about money. But, see, that's the excuse that people will make when you stop and take control of your life and say, Lord, come into my situation and tell me what to do. I remember when I had more credit card debt. I ain't talking about student loans. I ain't talking about car. I had more credit card debt than my annual salary. So I had to say, Lord, teach me, because, see, I grew up, too, thinking you need stuff, thinking credit cards okay, thinking debt was But when the Lord started working with me and he said, oh, no man but to love him, 
when he opened up the scripture to me that said the, 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 the uh, borrower is slave to the lender, I made that real for me. I said, we crying about slavery this back year, and we walking in signing up for slavery in this year. We volunteering for slavery this year to credit cards and, and to car companies and to home loans. We volunteer. We're voluntarily going into slavery because we don't believe the word. We believe the world. We don't believe the word. We believe the world. Because we'll say stuff. I say, hey, hey, the Bible say the, 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 the borrower is saved to the lender. And y'all say something to me like, well, how you supposed to get a house if you don't sign a loan? Or how you supposed to, you got to have a car. I live in Houston. You got to drive. Houston got Metro. I'm just saying, if you don't want to end up in slavery, and y'all know it's true. You know how I know it's, you know it's true? Because you start missing them notes. Y'all go to hiding cars. <laughs> y'all talking about this y'all house it ain't till you pay the last note and then if you want to be real honest about it it ain't even your house then because you think it is stop paying the taxes on that house and you'll see that it ain't really your house then you just paid the bank for their house loan but y'all buy into this I bought into it once myself gotta have gotta have gotta have guess what if you work God's plan, God say, save a little by little by little. Just save it and don't ever go back. You can't save nothing but a quarter that you ain't never got to touch no more. Save a quarter. You ain't saving nothing when you put 300 in the savings account and then go back two weeks later and got it. You, I still got my quarter that I can build up on. So we praying for money. We asking for money, going deeper and deeper and deeper. And the Lord say, I'm trying to teach you something about how to do it. So when you start getting it, you'll know how to do it. You'll know how to keep it. You'll know how to grow it. You'll know how to do all of this. He trying to do all that. So when I start going through, pray my strength, my courage, my wisdom, so that I can learn what I'm supposed to learn. And when I get out, I will be better, stronger, and wiser. Man. So we get here, and he say, bless me indeed. He talking about his own whole life, finances, personality, character, territory, you'll see that, spiritual life, intellect. He talking about his whole life, but we get caught up with money here, and we won't even invite God into our other situations. He say, bless me indeed. So God is bigger than money. He can bless you beyond money even if your name is pain. And he says, and enlarge my coast. Some territory, some uh, versions say enlarge my territory. And what he was praying for here wasn't just stuff. He was saying, I want some more disciples. I want to influence people for you. How many of y'all pray that prayer? Lord, send somebody my way so that I can expand the kingdom. How many of y'all pray that prayer? You ain't got to answer me. But if you're not praying that prayer, then you ask yourself, do you really Align is your will really aligned with God's? Because I don't care how many cars, house, money, dollars you got, it's burning up. You're going to leave it behind in the grave. And when the world is over, it's gone. But the thing that will last, the Bible says, is love. And you could get up there and have, have a conversation with God. And He said, Girl, look at that whole section over there that you influenced to come to me. Are you praying enlarge my territory or when you prayed it? Because it was a whole thing back in the day. Everybody running around, enlarge my territory, enlarge my territory. But they was talking about stuff and didn't even have a vision with the stuff that they was asking God to bless them with. 
and say, Lord, in, in, enlarge my territory. Enlarge my influence. Enlarge me, my character, my integrity, so that when people look at me, they want to be like me. And then I could talk about how good you've been to me. I can talk about how when my mama saw me and named me pain, she didn't have much hope for me, but God did all this. And he can do it for you too. Help that that's what he meant. Enlarge my territory and that thy hand might be with me. God, that song said, I'm not asking you to do it. I'm not asking you not to. I just want you to be here with me. How can you fail? How can you fall when the creator of the universe is here with you? Y'all don't pray the right prayers. Y'all praying for the band-aids. Y'all praying for the band-aids, for the simple solution. I want you here with me. If your father, who is all-powerful, is here with you, how you going to fall and fail? But y'all praying to give me this and give me that and get me out of this and all this kind of stuff I want you here with me whatever you do with this situation I want you here with me if you do it in a way that make me feel good great if you don't great I want you here with me ask him to be with you ask him into your situation and some of y'all your lives so messed up some of us our lives so messed up we're afraid to ask him to be here with us like we going to hide what's going on anyway. He said anyway. So it's okay for you to say, I messed up, I messed up, I know I messed up, but I still need you here with me. His grace and his mercy are chasing you down and you trying to close the door and open up. Come in here and see my mess. I need you here with me. I need you here with me and that thou wouldst keep me from evil how you not how you gonna stay away from evil if he don't keep you he got to keep you that's why you still chasing all caught up in evil because you're trying to close the door on him and stay with the evil and then you can't sleep at night i know i know it i, I was uh talking to brother tommy the other day we was listening to vanessa bell armstrong who was the one Y'all know that song? Nobody but Jesus. I told Brother Tommy when I was in my mess and I wasn't quite ready to be out of my mess. Y'all probably heard me say this too. I would do my mess all day long. Go hop in the bed and punch Vanessa Bell Armstrong and lay there crawl until <sighs> I fell asleep. Got up the next morning. I was mad. I was wearing makeup then. Put my face on, get out there and do everything that I wanted to do. But what I didn't do was stop playing that song. I didn't stop playing that song. And so today, what I do in the daytime matches what I do at night. I don't even know when the ratio changed. I just know I didn't close go on God with my mess because you see me and I'm coming. That's why we need to be real careful about putting our mouths on people who are in situations that we don't understand. Because it don't mean they not at home at night punching Vanessa Bell Armstrong. It don't mean that they not on their way. It don't mean that they not saying, Lord, help me and keep me from evil. It don't mean that. 
But then we see stuff and we put our mouths on it and we give it a forever judging verdict when they in the middle of their stuff. If somebody would have said at that point, Vic is such a hypocrite and declared that that was all I was ever going to be, they would have been a liar. Because I was, but I ain't. And remember that. Jabez said, keep me from evil that it may not grieve me. And some of y'all grieving, and you haven't even attributed it to evil. You grieving. And y'all, listen, I know I could be real with Faith Temple. Y'all will convince yourself that it's the devil. That's the sad part. You won't even sit down and be honest with yourself and say, I got myself in this mess. I did this, and I knew when I was choosing it, it wasn't the right thing for me to do. It's okay. Because I'm going to tell you, this stuff got to be free. You got to be free from that stuff because I grew up, I ain't going to say it because y'all know what denomination I grew up in. And it was more important for you to look holy than to actually be holy. Because some of the meanest people I ever seen in my life were sitting up front dressed in white from the neck down to the floor. See, no skin, some of the meanest people I ever seen in my life. And I'm saying you don't have to do that up in here. Because we want you to get to being holy. So you don't have to hide in a white dress. <laughs> you don't have to hide in pretense. You have to say, you know what, Lord, I'm here and I need you to Take me out of this evil and keep me from it because I realize that I am grieving you. David said, I sin against you and you alone. Y'all think about the stuff that David did, but he knew that he was sinning against God and God alone. But y'all don't bring that into y'all conscience like that. You think you're getting over. And one of the things that bother me most I'm not going to say most, but a lot about the body of Christ are those people that got those PPE loans that they know they didn't deserve. And I'm not talking about the world. They supposed to. I'm talking about the church. And you know why you did it? Because you didn't trust God. Because your character was low. Because you need, you get a gap in your morale and in your integrity. Your faith was small. And so you went to the government to do what your father could have done and you could have slept at night. And so now you got all some of these people. It's a shame. People going to jail because of scam. Now, it's okay if you're the world. But it's a shame when the body of Christ going to jail right alongside the world because you couldn't trust your father who owns everything. And I'm going to tell you now, if some of y'all in here and they catch up with y'all, I ain't coming to see you. I ain't getting there. That's how we, if they come and they get you and they lock you up, I'm going to pray your wisdom, your strength, and your courage. I'm not going to pray you out of there. And I'm not coming to bail you out. I'm not putting nothing on your books. We're going to laugh and talk about you in church and how we miss you. And I'm going to pray your wisdom and your courage and your strength. Why are you locked up? And not just the ones in here, but anywhere in the body of Christ. If they come get you, don't call me. Because you could have chosen to trust your father. 
You could have chosen to go with what he allowed, what he was allowing in the moment instead of going with your big idea. That's what you could have chosen, but you chose a different. And let me tell you this, it ain't no attack. He ain't got to you yet. He don't need to attack you yet. You still making bad decisions. Okay, so he said that I might not grieve you, and the Bible says because Jabez did it the right way. I'm feeling in that. The Bible says God granted that which he requested. And so when you look in this scripture, you can see a pitiful old Jabez <laughs> calling out to God. He didn't let his pitiful situation determine his future. He called out to his father, and you could see the Father God moving in his life when the Bible says that God gave him everything that he requested. I want y'all to think about what he requested. He requested prosperity. He requested a new name, a new walk. He requested God's presence. He requested God's protection. So, so, Back when everybody was praying the Jabez prayer, they were just saying, "Bless, enlarge my territory, Lord. I'm asking you to pray for it all. First, pray that you are an honorable person that can do what is right and just when he enlarges your territory. Because if you pray right, and if you ask God for his presence and his protection, and His, if you learn how to be, be happy with him and him alone, the Bible says he will grant, he granted everything, everything. Everything that Jabez asked for. And so sometimes I know some of us are born into more horrible situations than others. And sometimes because of the narrative, y'all be careful. I'm not Democrat, Republican, whatever the narrative out there, y'all be careful of what you believe. Because they will have you to believe that black people just can't. They will have you to believe that we ignorant. They will have you to believe that we can't get money, we don't know what to do with it, that our sons are doomed and all this all kind of stuff. And y'all sit up and look at the statistics and you start believing it. But God is bigger than statistics. I'm here to tell you he's bigger than statistics. Because I'm going to be real honest with you right now. I shouldn't be living the life that I live right now. I shouldn't enjoy the life that I enjoy right now. Except that <laughs> when I asked God, when my mama told me, basically, this is what I heard. Yeah, I did it. I ain't apologizing. Get over it. Move on. I had a choice right there. You're going to have to make a choice one day. Are you going to stay locked up with the bitter and the hurt and, the, and what you should be? Are you going to choose what you can be and ask God to help you into what you can be? I'm going to tell you right now, nobody, I was the first person in the history of my family to have a Ph.D. And even today, I'm the only one in my family to have a Ph.D. So it wasn't no Ph.D.s in my family to tell me how to go get a Ph.D. So if you think it wasn't the Lord, I'm going to tell you now, it was the Lord. I remember being in graduate school trying to study and didn't understand. I called my mom and I said, it feel like I'm in Japan and all the classes in Japanese. And she said, well, you know, I don't know what to do, but we can pray. That's what she said. So it wasn't nobody giving me direction on how to be a PhD, but my mama said, we can pray. 
And so I prayed and I started, what's right for me? It might not be for you. You might not have to put study cards on your wall so that when you wake up in the middle of the night, you could just keep studying if you're too tired to lift the book. You might not have to do that. I had to do that. And the reason I'm telling you all that now, and it's going to be the same way with you, people will start acting like stuff just happens for you. Right? I got a PhD because I worked for it. Didn't nobody just walk up and give me one. And so then I get to enjoy everything that came along with that. And so when people want to tell me, it's amazing how many people tell me about the money I make. And I have yet to tell anybody about the money that I make. But everybody tell me about the, what kind of money I make. Right? Everybody tell me about what kind of money I make. I just listen to them. But nobody ever tells me about the sacrifices and the things that I could have that I don't have so that I can put money in the bank. Don't nobody talk about that. So they just act like I got money in the bank because I got a big salary, which puzzles me because I ain't never told nobody what I make, but they know some kind of how what I made. Right? It's all kind of stuff. People will walk in my house and say something like, this house looks like a model home. But you know what people don't say? You clean up this house every day, don't you? The natural state of order is disorder. If I wasn't cleaning up every day, it would be junked up and, and all that too. If I was buying everything that I lay my eyes on, it'll be junked up too. People don't talk about that part. So when you start prospering, when you pray this prayer and God start doing what you ask him to do, people going to act like it came easy to you. Because it makes them feel better that they don't have it to think that somehow you have something that they didn't have. But we all got the same thing. And that's the God of all creation and the ability to choose. That's the only thing you need. The God of all creation and the ability to choose. Because all day, every day, you're going to have to make choices. And so the question comes, and some of y'all thinking, I'm old now, it's too old for me. No, it's not. You could choose today. And so the question is, what will you choose? The question is, are you going to allow your DNA and the situations you were born into to determine how you leave this world? Or are you going to do something different? And so I come today to tell you that your DNA does not have to be your destiny. In fact, it is not your destiny. It's what you choose that matters. So what choice will you make? Amen. Come on and put your hands together for the Lord God.